Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Smaowong. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. We're welcoming John Dugan to the podcast again today. John is the Director of Global Sales and Productivity at Workday, and he has spent most of his career helping organizations grow revenue through sales enablement. He's here to talk about some of his advice to build sales effectiveness. Hi, John. We're glad to have you. So, John, you've obviously written a lot about sales enablement, and one of the pieces of advice that you wrote about was really, it really resonated with me, and it was about making sure that sales enablement professionals understand the current state of the sales culture before they start to take on too many initiatives within their organization. For practitioners that might just be getting started in their function, I'd love to hear your advice to them about assessing the sales culture. Oh, Shauna, I thought about this this morning, believe it or not. In your first 90 days as a sales enablement professional, and obviously it's dependent on what the specifics of your role are, if they are defined, if they're not, even better. You have to spend time with the salespeople on the front line because until you've walked a a mile in somebody's shoes, you cannot provide the relevant context to the field. So anybody who wants to assess the current state of play of the field organization really does need to understand what's being asked of our sellers in entirety. What is the sales process they go through? How does that align to the the core behaviors that are exhibited by our buyers? What is the process that they go through? What are some of the challenges? You know, what can we help them fix, accomplish, avoid? And then understand how they feel about their role. And I'm talking about, you have to survey, survey is probably a poor word. It doesn't have to be a survey, but it can be, it can be done face to face, but understand how they feel about their role. I mentioned a little bit earlier, but the utility of what's being asked of them, their confidence in executing against what is being asked of them and then their motivation to actually do it. I think until you've spent time with your field organization, you don't understand the receptivity that you're going to get from your major enablement initiatives. The other thing is not only understanding the challenges that are faced on the ground, but also get a clear understanding of the short, medium, and long-term vision of the executives in your sales organization as well. Because without that, you're not able to sell the initiatives up. And you know, make no mistake, we are a function that is in servitude to the field organization, making the lives of our sellers better, whether or not that's you know, achieving the compensation that they desire. Maybe it's just being more productive in their role and getting to spend time with the people they love. You know, whatever their motivation is, we need to understand that at an individual team and group level. Then we need to understand what is the vision of our sellers and does it align to that? And because we're in servitude to a business, we need to constantly be thinking of, are our customers, as in are our frontline customers, the sales organization, happy with what we're doing do they believe it's relevant and useful and does it align to the vision that our sales executives have because we serve and we sell we sell up 
what we're going to do and the outcomes that that's going to produce for our executives and we serve an organization who need to feel like they're part of it and i think there are many larger organizations that you'll speak to shauna who will say to you that the relationship between um, those who ask of the field and the field who receive what is pushed or put on them is probably one of friction and that's something i'd want to remove as quickly as possible i would want sellers going oh geez the the enablement team are in today i'm really looking forward to what they're going to deliver on x y and z or this initiative has come from our enablement function i know that that has that decision is going to have been made with our best interests in mind that's that's what i would do that's excellent advice um i i want to dive just a little bit deeper on that because i i also saw an article um that you had put together around obviously managing um, sales rep performance. Um, so there is an element um, where sales enablement is responsible for making sure that you know reps are performing up to par and if they're not, they're getting the assistance that they need. But obviously having to measure a rep's performance um, kind of puts you in that bad cop bucket sometimes. Um, what are some ways that you've seen um, enablement help improve the way that organizations measure the results of reps and then actually act upon them to improve reps' performance. And um, another conversation that I had yesterday with um, a gal at New Relic who kind of leads sales readiness is, um, is, is where she's focusing a lot of those efforts. Um, and she actually brought up the point of, of making sure that she's focusing on kind of the, the middle pack of the reps, um, not necessarily the lower performers, which is where a lot of, she said, sales enablement professionals um, make the mistake of focusing most of their time. It's very fair. She's obviously very au fait with, uh, with some of the old corporate executive board research around investing in your core and uh, and listen you can't argue with that research i think the biggest uplift as a sales organization in terms of performance is is in investing in that middle 60 percent. there's no doubt about that and often what we try and do as sales enablement professionals is we try and take what the top 20 percent are doing and push it down onto them the truth is we just need to deliver a way for that core to be more consistent measured deliberate and thoughtful around what they do and it often comes you know in our organization certainly that is around effective planning and opportunity management that way we can we can almost produce a formula and measure or, or put a quality assurance measure on how good certain people are at the different stages of that process or formula um, I'll answer your your first question as well, Shauna, which is, you know, what is the role of sales and enablement in in assessing capability as it relates to performance? I I'm a big believer in competency analysis, and I do think that whatever assessment channel you run, it should be both quantitative and, and qualitative in approach. And the quantitative piece should be measuring, you know, the performance data, the Salesforce metrics that are available so that you can define what good looks like and also where they are tracking 
and then obviously you can assess the movement of that over time but the competency analysis for me is the frequency with which you can observe as a frontline and second line manager the frequency with which you can observe your um, sellers exhibiting specific skills behaviors um, and practices that contribute to them being a better seller and there are many ways to obviously do that i i think that it's worth rating people as in giving them a a, a score so that we can we can provide a an index for where they are um but doing it across core areas that contribute to performance as a sales professional and we do it in a variety of manners we assess account planning opportunity management as i discussed territory planning some soft skills around effective questioning capability um, your ability to manage an engagement plan um, ensuring that our competitive differentiation is explained all of the things that contribute to being a successful seller and believe me when you sell ERP I don't think there's a more complex solution sell out there so it's vast to the point we only actually do it um, twice a year for all AEs so that level of assessment needs to be done and then a conversation needs to take place around what the belief is in terms of why they are not performing or where they are going wrong and I actually have someone on my team on all of those calls and they are listening out for consistent themes trends that determine what would be a good intervention for that and then that's actually discussed as a working group chaired by the person who leads intervention programming at the business who helps us really approach our sales leaders with a definition around what we're not doing well and where we think we can solve it and at that point well what does that do it go ties back to a previous question we have observed over time what we believe are the performance areas that need improvement within the business we've socialized that as a team and then that is then presented to our sales leadership function both as part of their SMT the sales management team meeting and then also on an individual basis when it uh, pertains to their groups so that's that's us elevating our role to the strategic level because we're actually sitting down with sales leaders and saying here is what XYZ from a competency deficiency actually means for your team and we're becoming the experts in analysis and solution I love that. I love that. Um, you mentioned a very key component to that, which is kind of the frontline sales managers. Um, are there is there anything um, special or specific that you do to enable your frontline sales managers um, at the in the workday team? Yes, yes, there is. One of the movements from a sales organization or sales training organization to a sales enablement organization or function. A, and one of the areas I'm most proud of is the way we have handled improving SEALs coaching within our organization. And I think it's clever. I think it meets the field where they are at because let's be honest, frontline sales managers are consistently time poor. The movement is this. 
we have adopted a 10-20-70 framework for sales coaching. The 10% being we are teaching our sales managers, our frontline sales managers, something new. The 20%, we're giving them an opportunity to socialize and discuss the practices that they're learning in one-on-one -on -one coaching calls, in team meetings, in a variety of different ways for them to socialize what they're learning. And then the 70% is we're giving them circumstantial capability to practice that every day of their lives. Let me define what I've just said there because it, it, it needs some context. We call it RSD Coach, and it is a 15-minute consumable document that you are sent every month. And every single month, this 15-minute piece of material has videos embedded in it. It has thought provokers built into it. It has field exercises built into it for you to solve a particular coaching circumstance that is common for our frontline sales managers to solve. Now, after two weeks after that, we arrange regional calls where we get all of the RSDs on the phone and we speak about the challenges, the opportunities they've had to implement it, where it's worked, where it hasn't worked, and then suggest ideas for how we could make improvements on it. That's not even the clever part. So they get taught something new in the 15 minutes. They spend 90 minutes socializing, discussing, learning from each other from a peer context. And then we drop this incrementally 12 times over a year and embedded in every single one of these coaching modules is a coaching methodology that is not called out in fact, it's relatively understated, but it's a really simple model of observe, assess, coach that is, well, actually is just the structure of the 15 minute consumption. Now, when you drip feed that to someone over a 12 month period, what they eventually become um, well versed in is using that methodology for circumstantial gain, and then the opportunity when it arises to deal with a circumstance that hasn't been approached, they apply the same framework naturally. So what we've done is we've met the field where they are. We've taught them something new. We have given them the opportunity to socialize and discuss that. And then over time, we have embedded a sales or coaching methodology that allows them to solve issues outside of what we just talked about. That's that's clean it's incredibly well received our participation rate within it is exceptional and i think when you look at the the pretty seismic um rise we have achieved in amount of people within our organization who hit quota and participate um that has been a huge contributor to that that's awesome. That sounds amazing. I would like to use a few more minutes, if you don't mind, um, just kind of understanding some of your upcoming sales initiatives that you might have that um, excite you and that might also be relevant to other sales enablement professionals within other organizations that are, are looking to kind of what's next or, or what's the next challenge that they should take on within their company to have the biggest impact. Hmm. I think that a lot of the investment we have put into fiscal year 20 
is actually around the efficiency of our sales organization. I think we've established a good blueprint for success across the different roles of the organization. I think we have really established process and methodology. Don't get me wrong, there's still aspects of that to come. But the big investment has to be on our technology stack. Um, as you well know, Shauna, the success we've experienced in our content platform, you know, and small small tap on the shoulder for that, um, has been instrumental. It's actually allowed us to bring podcasts. It's allowed us to build uh, smart pages, which is have acted as layers to our sales process and methodology that allows you to get the just-in-time assets you need based on role and stage of process immediately. So that has been a huge success. We are also rolling out a couple of other um, technology platforms this year to improve um, our engagement strategy, um, to improve our account planning capability and opportunity management capability. Um, and we are we are principally focused about how do we now take things off the plate of our sellers and i think the technology gives us a wonderful opportunity to do that so that administratively our guys are spending less time and from a proactive um selling point of view they are spending more time at the front line where it matters you know helping helping customers so what do I see coming over the next year? I see a big investment in, in our own technology stack. I see Workday as an organization that is achieving phenomenal growth and, and I can't see any reason why that would stagnate in the, in, in the, in the coming year. Um, so a lot of our time is gonna be um, ensuring that new hires and, uh, and, and acquired hires uh, come up to speed with selling a, a a complex solution as an internal sales committee, and and I, and I mean a lot of investment into our extended sales team outside of just our AEs and and, and sales managers, um, so that they have the capability to sell to a, a true buying committee. Because you know I, I realize there's a lot of research out there in terms of who we sell to, but we got to do we got to understand that we sell to traditionally about 15 people within an organization, especially if, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about the full, the full suite solution. And we just need to get um, better at understanding what those people care about. And I, and I think that's our focus for the next year. How do we really get to know our customer more intimately than, than any of the other players out there? And I think we've already got a huge advantage. In, and, I, and I think we have a team who are, focused on and believe in themselves that that is something that Workday can achieve. Thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you want to know more about, let us know. We'd love to hear from you.